Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. In November, Rich and I sat down in the podcast studio in London. As we struggled to operate the tech, Rich proposed recording an episode on the topic of AI, having started to integrate Jasper.ai into his workflows. I was skeptical, but happy to go along with the flow. Three months later, ChatGPT was unleashed on the world. As much as I hate to admit it, Rich was right. Again. <laughs> He's so happy about that. <laughs> in the past 70 days, 75 days even, AI has been in the front and center of marketers' imaginations, and with it, a slew of use cases and talking points. Some good, some bad. But knowing what we know today, how is AI impacting our jobs, the way we work, and where we can meaningfully see it impacting our futures, and perhaps more importantly, where's the scary bit? <laughs> I'm Joe Glover, founder of The Marketing Meetup, a global community that connects and educates over 36,000 marketers in the most lovely way possible. Everything we do, we do it to put the human beings we help first. I'm Richard Wood. I lead the marketing agency Six and Flow. I've worked in marketing for around 20 years now, and I'm a massive believer that marketers should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating them as leads and numbers on a spreadsheet. So, uh... This is begrudging, but uh, Rich, congratulations on the win, my friend. Thank you. Uh, I think you were genuinely a few weeks ahead of the curve. Um, uh, but the nice thing about this is that um, you are now just like the slew of everyone else speaking about AI, as are we in this episode today. Uh, but it does feel meaningful, so I think it is worthy of inspection. Um, but I want to start by asking you, what do you think has changed in the time since we spoke about AI some like 75 days ago? What's new? So when, when we spoke, um, primarily it was around Jasper, right? So we were what triggered it was the way that we were starting to look at how we're positioning Jasper within our business as an agency. So moving, not necessarily moving away from human writers creating content, but moving into a transitional humans briefing bots, using it as a stepping stone, getting the, the base of the content and then editing and adding to that content. So that was a process that we were starting to play with um, kind of mid last year. What had happened at that point, so that what triggered our, our episode is Jasper had a massive investment and that massive investment threw them into the headlines of kind of like here is AI, which then pushed them into like the main consciousness of a lot of marketers out there. So a lot of like content shops started actually going, okay, well, this is a thing now, we're going to start moving to this. And a lot of agencies like us, a lot of internal marketers started playing around with it. And I think there became a little bit of a momentum behind it, but just for marketers. What's happened with ChatGBT since we've spoken 
is it is now mainstream mainstream so like we i have like family members that i've seen who aren't technical aren't in marketing going have you heard about this chat gbt thing what does it do and i'm immediately oh please don't make me don't this i don't want to explain it to you but it like why not ask chat pp chat pp oh fuck's sake chat and this is a good point because like i've heard chat gpt i've heard chat gbd i've heard chat ptb i've heard <laughs> also which i think is a relevant point as well on branding but we can we can we can pick up on that in a minute but you know, well it's like, working for them it's the fastest growing um uh sign up so it's got like 100 million users or something stupid already like it is bonkers growth um okay. that just don't quote me on that number i think i've totally made that up but it is like it's the fastest growing something of all time whatever but that's the main difference now right is is and i'm using it as a technical term not as an insult but the laggards have now picked this up as well and it's become something that is mainstream and conscious and now what's happened is microsoft have uh, kind of invested in it and brought it into bing which inevitably means they'll turn it to shit somehow because that's typically what microsoft do sorry microsoft the but that's what what has now happened is it's part of like mainstream search well i say mainstream i mean for the people who search using bing but that has now triggered an arms race for how many how many tech companies can i insult in this episode but that's now triggered an arms race with google right so now google is like shit we need to bring ai into this and they've started mm -hmm. that process it will start to come through and now the like the most interesting thing is it is changing the way that it has potential to change the way that people use the internet and by that i mean like historically a question run comes up and you're like i'm gonna go to google so i'm i'm uh, half term next week we're down in london i have to um fly to dublin for a meeting so i'm gonna fly from london so last night i was on skyscanner looking for a, a flight just um, heathrow to dublin and on that so i've gone to google searched it come up with Skyscanner, gone through that process. The difference now is I can actually go and say something like, I, I need to leave uh, London, I need to be in Dublin at this time. I can, um, like, what what is the best airline for like my needs or like I want these extra things on it. And I can start to have more contextual things built around that. And I can, it's, it is actually conversational and way more human. And I think that is going to change the way that people search. It is less functional and like to be fair to Google, a lot of their shift has been much more around like the kind of the the natural language, natural searching. What do people actually mean when they're asking for "I want to buy a red coat"? Like, what does that mean? But now it is way, way deeper. You can start to be, you can, and actually, no. The the most interesting thing for me about it is I can now start to go. This is. Um, this isn't just a singular source. I'm not just being presented with the best uh, SEO based um, content that's coming back for me now, based on whatever Google's algorithm is. I, I am searching multiple sources and it is giving me a combination of those sources. So that's in that flight example. So which is the best airline to take me? It's not just going to be the best SEO post that's gonna come back to me. It's going to be an amalgamation of posts and data, and that's gonna be presented back to me. Now, it does raise a bunch of questions. What is feeding the AI off the back of those? So I'm now getting a bunch of opinions that are I'm not able to necessarily form off of that, but it's interesting to see which way it's shifting. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's so much there. I mean, it is on your very last point. It's unbelievably confident in its answers. It, it sort of seems to say, you know, this is the answer. Uh, and 
not, <laughs> not always when it's factually true, you know, but the way that it presents it is like, here it is, you know, this is, this is the right answer, which is, which is interesting and certainly a pro and con. I think the other thing to pick up on there was, was about Google and Bing and like, I think, I think that very debate is the one why this is so interesting. So I've been in marketing for 12, no, I don't know, what, 2014, so what, eight, eight years now. And, and, and things have largely You'll get it one day, Joe. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, things largely stay the same. You know, inbound as a methodology has always been the prevalent thing. You know, write a blog post, drive people to your blog, build trust over the course of time. People will, will associate you and your uh, blog with whatever. Uh, and eventually they'll go down the funnel and, and they'll buy from you, you know, inbound as a methodology and, and certainly, you know, that sort of content driven approach uh, has been the bedrock of, of pretty much everything. You know, even even us recording this podcast, you know, is, is a, a form of content that we're producing. All of this, the, the point you make about the amalgamation feels utterly profound. Uh, it feels utterly profound for marketers, but it also does for Google. Uh, Google's whole business model is predicated on serving a bunch of results and then giving you the top ones which are paid. You know, the fact that they're integrating uh, AI into it and saying, actually, you know what? We're not going to sort of do what we've traditionally done. We're going to do something different right now. Feels like that's a big, big, big shift for Google right now. They're reacting rather than being proactive in the marketplace. And I think it, it genuinely, for the first time in my career, it feels like it could be something that really shapes how we interact with the the internet for a long long time to come um and we're really really at the only at the beginning because what this is the model they're building off is uh open ai 3.5 but they're releasing four later this year with magnitudes more data um so chat gpt is going to become infinitely more powerful as well and so like what we're playing with today is is even not even the full product you know so there's, there's so much there right the, the, the scary thing about it though is it's forming opinions for people mm -hmm. like that that's effectively what it is it's taking in all these data sources and presenting you back with its perception of that data as an opinion piece and that is that is a a great thing and b a terrifying thing because now we have ai uh, decision making AI um, kind of uh, what opinions AI knowledge being built and presented back to you but that knowledge for the AI is being built on the prevalence of content so if you look at like and Twitter is a great example of this right there is a lot of trash on Twitter and there is uh, and I, I don't want to go into that like the ins and outs of uh, Elon and all that kind of stuff and bringing on um, bringing back certain people and um, all that kind of stuff but if you look at that, that is a base of information that is going to highlight or emphasize certain viewpoints. Those viewpoints without governments, how is that being brought back in? So where do you start to get the that overall consciousness or opinion being built? It's on the weight of the masses. And now obviously I don't have any insight into how ChatGPT does what it does, far smarter people than me, marginally. But they are building out these models that are going to, I would assume, are being built on weight of presence, weight of content, and those kind of elements, as opposed to, like, so, so for example, I would be more likely to trust um, investigative journalism from The Independent, The Guardian, even The Times, like those kind of news sources, 
but actually the Daily Mail, the Sun, are going to be the ones with more exposure across the internet with their opinion on those. Whereas I have, obviously it's personal opinion, things like that, but I have built up my knowledge, my opinions, my stance, my moral compass or whatever you want to call it. I've built that up over time so I can filter that out, agree or disagree, rightly or wrongly, with what's being presented to me. But if we now have this this information coming through that this opinion has been formed for us and fed to us, that's going to breathe in a laziness of, well, okay, that, that, is, that is how it is. Now, that is terrifying on one degree because obviously historically big tech doesn't do that great at self-governance, let's be <laughs> honest. Um, so like, how does that come into it? Who's actually controlling what could be said? It's a ve- it, it doesn't take you a million miles to go from that bullshit with Cambridge Analytica to... Mm-hmm like actually something being fed back through and feeding opinions into chat GBT. Like uh, everybody talks about the Russian bots on Twitter. What if that starts to become a thing? Like these are not trying to scaremonger or anything like that, but it's a consideration. On the other side, I'm going actually from a marketer's perspective on a content production perspective, if I say to you, Joe, go go and write me a blog post on XYZ topic and you have no idea on that. How are you gonna research that? you're immediately gonna to go to Google and go, you're gonna read maybe three or four blog posts because you're, um, you're writing a quick format, 800 word blog post, whatever. You're gonna go read a bunch of blog posts and then come back, form a very quick opinion and bash out a bit of content, right? Yep. That is yep. effectively what ChatGBT is going to do for you. So you are going to speed up that process and all it's gonna do is pick the most widely used uh, sources and kind of most prevalent mm. and all that kind of stuff. So it's i i am scared of how it could be from an education opinion moral standpoint but equally as a as a, a marketer you're like well actually that's only ever going to augment and accelerate what we do on a human level that's really interesting isn't it you know is it is it just replicating humans flaws but doing it quicker <laughs> you know versus something accelerating uh, the race to the the moral bottom yeah, well, you know, but you know, that is the way that the internet largely works. You know, sadly, uh, it is. You know, with the last thing we need is more content, but that is where we're going. You know, and presenting anything as right or wrong, as in this is a hundred percent the right answer. You know, for a long time, people thought the world was flat. You know, and it, it turns out. You what know, you mean? It's it not. <laughs> oh, you're a flat earther. <laughs> it all makes mm-hmm. so much sense now. <laughs> so, but I, th- I think what all this does is um, lead us into a place which is what happens when AI goes wrong. And I know that you've picked up on a few examples. Um, and you sent me an article last night about um, ChatGPT uh, embedded within Bing, uh, starting to get a bit sarcastic with people and, and, and stuff like that. So, uh, let's speak about the, the, the dark side of AI and, and what happens when it goes wrong. So actually, um, Alice on the Six and Flow team sent that around yesterday, um, yesterday evening. Because so, like we we have an interest in it, in AI. Like we play with it. One of the things we've always done as an agency is try and test and play around with new tech, mostly because like I have an attention span of a gnat and I enjoy playing with things. But that... So now internally we share a lot of these stories um, as well. And Alice shared that last night and I read it and went through it. And basically what's happened 
is I, know, I told you Microsoft fuck everything up, but they it's now in better <laughs> right, than yeah. being. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here because I think Microsoft is actually this is my little Scott Galloway prediction. I reckon Microsoft over the next five years is 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 getting cool again. That's what I think. But uh, but yeah, carry on. Cause, uh... Okay, okay, Joe. <laughs> Good. I'll write that one down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess cool is subjective, but yeah. Anyway, um, that's fun. The um, where, where was my point? Anyway, so yeah, so basically, it is now starting to get super sassy with some of its responses. And uh, like one of the examples is it was talking about the the user being a bad user and it being a good bot. Um, it had also become. A, a, I've read one of the posts where it started to talking about it being sentient and not understanding why it had to be Bing's chat. Uh, process anymore and like just all of these kind of things coming through which I find hilarious but that also starts to highlight okay at what point do we go actually no this is a really bad thing like we have if if something does actually become sentient in its approach to what it's pumping back out Mm -hmm. that steps past like I don't want to be governed by Google or uh, Microsoft in what they think I should be thinking not not because I have any kind of um uh, not because I have any view on whether either one of those is either good or bad. Google's do no evil. I think they scrapped that in the end though, didn't they? Um, they did. But that's, yeah. So um, just do evil where it helps. But the, yeah. oh, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like is, is you don't, you want this to be effectively an information augmentation service, right? You want it to yeah. be there to help you get the answers and build the knowledge you're looking for. You don't Mm. want it to have, you don't want it to bring emotion into that process. And that's what a lot of sentient sentient beings have. Like we have that human emotion in it. Now I'm all for the human side, but not from the bots that I'm trying to distill information, I think. Maybe I am, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. We we start getting into the morality of AI in general, right? You know. And so there's a couple of things there. I mean, the first is um, there was this. There's a predicted moment where AI will become at least as smart as the human brain. They call it the singularity, and it's it's this moment where AI is able to process as much as the human brain and 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 and, and be there um, in on the same level as we are. And then there will be a point where it it goes way beyond us. And right now, it's um, fully capable of doing certain things very well that you can still tell it's an AI uh, and in a little while then it will get to a place where it will be better than us and it feels like that point is getting quicker um, and once it passes it will also um, sorry can you hear my dog in the background uh, <laughs> it's just slow don't blame that noise on your dog Joe <laughs> that is that is like I don't know why he decided to drink so loudly <laughs> it's like Duncan's face um but once we pass that singularity point, then I think that starts getting really tasty. The second is that um, I attended a lecture a little while ago by Dennis Hassabis, who is the founder of DeepMind, which Google subsequently bought. Uh, DeepMind is Google's AI. And someone raised the question about uh, whether AI should be, quote unquote, good or bad. Uh, and to which Dennis Hassabis responded, uh, why are we applying human levels of ethics and standards onto something that is a machine uh, which was equally unsettling and um, 
interesting as an answer because I think so often we think of things as good and bad, um, but he was thinking on a completely different plane. So, you know, when we when we come to these questions of like, you know, is it sentient? Is it good? Is it bad? Well, I think the people designing these things aren't thinking in those ways. I think they're just thinking, you know, is it doing the thing that it's supposed to be doing one way or another? And I think it'll actually get to a point where they have no idea how or why it's operating in the way that it is. It just is. Well, it's that classic um, sci-fi thing. Is it um, iRobot or, or one of them yeah, where yeah. they're like, let's save, save the human race, all right, so let's stick them all in boxes and don't not let them do anything. Or how do we save the planet for the humans is get rid of all the humans. Like, yeah. it's those kind of moral questions where if it's a like a logical process, yeah, that makes sense, but it's not a binary question. Obviously, there's yeah. context to that. Saving the human race also means saving the humanities, the arts, the like the the peripheral things that it means to be human. And that's that's a thing where I don't think we've necessarily and again, I don't work in AI, I play with it. Like but I don't mm. think those questions are necessarily answered. So one of the other examples of AI going absolutely nuts is Loeb. Did I send you this one as well? Loeb, the, the basically the ghost in the AI imagery. <laughs> it's creepy so, it? <laughs> Oh yeah. So this is this is basically a a um, young female character that has started appearing in random image searches. So, uh, sorry, AI image questions. So you go into AI tool, you start saying, I want an image of X, Y, Z. And every time it's coming back with this image of this girl and they'd be getting creepier and creepier, like more horror based images. Nobody knows why, nobody understands. And then, so this again is another article and somebody starts um, that I was reading is somebody starts asking this bot questions and she starts replying saying, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know how I got here, um, like that kind of stuff. And that is creepy as shit. Like that is that is something above and beyond the AI. But where's the guardrails? Where's where's the like the bit that says this is going like this is your job. Don't go outside mm -hmm. of this. I don't yeah. think that exists. I don't think it does, and, and I, I think the stated aim of, of DeepMind at the very least was to build a generalist AI, which means to say that it's something that can take any task and, and do it. So it's not ChatGPT where it's saying, you know, here's the, the hundred different things you can do. It's literally like, here's a thing, go and do it. Um, I think one of the guardrails that I think we can be pretty certain, however, that they're not going to be putting in place is... Um, you know, quite bluntly, and, and I feel horrible for saying this in a way, but it, it's not there to protect the job of marketers, right? You know, I feel like they can, we can pretend as much as we like to that, like, it's always going to be there to serve the humans and, and improve our capabilities and, and so on and so forth. But there, I think it's it's fair to say that, like, you know, if, if people can find efficiencies which serve a commercial agenda, i.e. reducing costs of human beings in organizations and doing things quicker and better, then they would probably take those choices to build a machine that can do that. And so I think it's, it a, it's a printing press moment, right? Like it is yeah. like think think about all those poor monks who used to do all the nice pretty pictures i mean between getting attacked by vikings but used to like produce all the books and that knowledge was kind of the printing press comes along they're all out of a job so be the one who's building the printing press not the one who is competing against it effectively i know that sounds really callous but i think being able to use the technology that is coming to augment your process is going to help 
don't be the one fighting against it because this stuff will get better and better and better and it will allow you to do more or do things differently and that's the exciting bit i think if 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 i was if you are a content writer right now that's and like ai like the things it doesn't get is like the human emotion the deeper opinions being able to link certain elements through like that is there is a, a level of understanding and knowledge that ai you can't expect ai to necessarily understand because you and i like you just talked about you've attended a conference there right uh, um, a lecture you yeah. have given what we're talking about context and narrative ai could never have known that unless you'd kind of fed it into it and that's the kind of stuff that i think content writers at the moment you can use this to help with your research help with understanding a segment particularly if you don't typically work in that segment and then use it to build on top of that and i think that's the exciting thing is it i don't think it replaces content um content writers i think all it's going to do is help accelerate processes and like i mean I wouldn't ever want us to be, as an agency, be in a position where we pump in a blog title, it pumps out a blog post, and we just post it. What I do want is us to, as in line with the strategy work that we've already done, so the strategy and the thinking piece, that's the bit mm -hmm. that we do and do very well. We then feed that into the bot. The bot comes back with an outline of what it should be, and even like some of it is more kind of fully written, then it goes into an editing process with a human to make sure tone is right, that it, it aligns to the strategy. And then we post it up and then we, like it goes out into the world. So the beginning and ends of those process, so the strategy and the thinking and the quality assurance is still done by a human. It's the research and the penning on paper in the middle, not all penning on paper, like the, the gubbins of it, that is done by the bots. And I think that is a solid process where you get best of both worlds absolutely no i i, I agree and, and it'll be interesting to see because as you were speaking there you know I, I i thought one of the situations we end up in or an almost inevitability is that folks will just use this to churn out blog posts you know more 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 content but there is a simultaneous trend exactly to your point and i think that's probably where the best of the best will be heading which is it's almost an artisanal approach to to this you know one way or another we're going to have a simultaneous sort of like turning on of the factories and then there's going to be sort of the 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 blacksmiths or the carpenters in the corner who are going to be doing the stuff which can actually be charged for you know five to ten times the the, the amount you know and, and and if you can do the both, best bit is going to be the thought leaders pumping out the same shitty chat gbt content and that's like <laughs> i and i actually started to experiment with it right i was like I fed in a bunch of ideas, got it to bring me out. I posted one of the posts and it got a bit of traction. And I was like, yes, there is probably value in this to a degree. As in like, if I'm just posting engagements and I'm just posting, like I need things to post day in, day out, it would do that for me. But I was like, that's, it's not me. It's not what I want to be putting out. Like I, I am, I, I do what I do. And I like, I think I'm quite forthright and me in the stuff that I typically post. And that, I don't want to replace that. But, I mean, where you've got people or agencies who are creating content for thought leaders, which always cracks me up, right? Because you are there for not a thought leader, you are a thought replicator because somebody else has put the thoughts in. Anyway, we won't even go down that rabbit hole. But 
that that agencies like that will do that and what that will do is it'll flood link linkedin with the same crap because it's effectively the same base of content or like information huge amounts right so it's there is a big pool to surf, like fish in but it's going to push things down the same way this is what it because it will have an understanding of what it thinks of blog post uh, uh a thought leader post should look like and the content it should have and if everybody's saying write me 10 10 examples of uh like a marketing post i should write and then fill those out it's all going to be shitty and you're going to get the same thing on blog content but my my view on blog content now and you and i spoke about this when we talked about jasper is i as a decision maker can't remember the last time i read a blog to help me make a buying decision however blog content has fed me back through to other types of contents that have therefore yeah. so um like high value content so like guides like calculators that kind of stuff has been fed by that SEO. so there there is value in that that um uh, quantity play as long as it's not mm. shitty because people will never be end up there but it look at the other types of content yes we can create some ai video content it looks a bit sketchy and a bit shit but we can use it but I still think video is the one where it is going to stay separate from the uh, video content and have more impact for a longer period of time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And isn't that funny? Because like, despite us speaking about all of all of this <laughs> over the course over, over the course of these two episodes now, uh, it, it's funny because we're in one on one hand we're kind of saying the rules are changing. And then on the other, we're saying the rules stay exactly the same, you know, and, 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 and the basic principle of, you know, humanity, quality, consistent branding, uh, they all stay the same. You know, video would put in that bucket as well. Um, the rules changing over here, you know, is about sort of scaling, is about uh, access to information, it's about speed, it's about sort of churning it out. And, 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 and so... I know that you've made this point already and, and indeed do in your workflows as well, but like everything changes, nothing changes. Humans become less important, humans become more important. You know, that is that is the AI conversation right now. You know, companies get more rich, some others get less rich, you know. It's, it's, it's a very uh, interesting, interesting space right now. And I think we need to be aware of what fits in which bucket because uh if we do that then we're we're on our way to understanding how ai can actually positively impact us and the ways where we need to be moving and shifting well like the the game is the same right just how we're playing it is different because yeah. the game is to engage entice convince and uh, kind of what well, yeah I think those are the, the main things that we're trying to do with humans at the end of this right so if I'm any of the, what I'm putting out I am trying to attract engage delight get money out of you whatever it is but now the way that I can do that has expanded and if we all go down marketers break everything eventually we broke email we broke sms we broke everything eventually like that's just what we do at some point the market will be over flooded by market i mean channels right so all of the channels will be flooded with a bunch of content that looks the same and isn't like actually appealing to anybody anymore and i think what will happen at that point is those who are able to use these tools in a way that is outside of the norm outside of the mold is kind of allows you to do that whole pattern interrupt whatever you want to call it 
they will be the people that win with this new, new tool set. Nice. I like it, dude. I think that might be a good way to, to close this out. Both positive and uplifting well, and negative. You scary. did you did ask for a, a bunch of uh, people for questions. And I think we haven't got a chance to go through those. And I think we're probably at, at time for this now anyway. But probably a good thing to do is shout them out. So John Lyons, Scott Poynton, Nick Sawyer, Jake Burgess, uh, Denise Drahassel. Sorry if I got that wrong. Um, thank you for the comments. We did read through these and I, it has fed into through to some of the discussions that we had and some of the prep that we did. So we do appreciate you um, feeding into those. And as ever, if you wouldn't mind, please leave us a review. It's much appreciated and it makes us feel warm and fuzzy like you care. <laughs> Joe, Joe is all about the lovey-dovey. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.